1: I have started recording. Uh, please, please, our dear listeners, let me start this again. Uh, welcome again to our podcast, Here, My True Story. It is me, your host, Otako, and I would like to say...
0: Welcome to a brand new episode. Hear my true story.
1: Yeah, uh, our dear listeners... Guess what? I started a podcast without recording. And now I want to ask our guest again. Could you please, again, introduce yourself? I was not recording. I don't know how it happened, but I was not recording.
0: <laughs> of course, with a lot of joy, Otaku. Um, I'm so happy to be here with you. And of course, I, I, I like to um, present myself again. My name is uh, Katrin Goses. Um, but you always call me Kati, and um, I think it's the right name for me. Um, and you um you ask me about what I do. so I'm a theater pedagogue, um, which means that i um, I am a theater practitioner, and I'm working mainly with young people, young adults, um, people who are interested in theater but are. Not um, professional theater makers. Um, anyhow, I'm always questioning the the um, the word professional theater maker because anyone can do theater, and that's the main purpose of my work. Also, I'm currently working in a theater which is called Schlossplatz Theater in Berlin. And um, I'm organizing projects, Um, I'm organizing um, long term projects for young people and short time projects in schools and um, also international exchange um, projects, for example, currently with um, a group of in Italy. and, um, yeah, that's mainly my everyday everyday work. And I'm also involved in an organization called IDEA, International Drama and Education Association. And um, organizing over there, in together with my colleague Nefeli Angeloglu, um, the Young IDEA meetings, which is called uh, meetings for young theater practitioners um, all over the world. Um, IDEA, I have to say, is an organization that is trying to strengthen um, theater work um, in education all over the world. And yeah, we organize meetings with, with young practitioners who are interested in an exchange
1: and yeah when you talk about young people you're working with young people there in berlin and then you are working with young people globally with idea why why do you always choose young people i mean what is your story why young people
0: it's it's actually not really true i i know i just said it um um so um in my theater um the main um people who who come there and who are willing to to play uh, and to to get to know theater are young people between six and 19 years old. Um, So that's what I mainly do in everyday life. Um, um, Young people um, are for me of course um always uh, a treasure of ideas of energy and of um really artistic and beautiful stories um that come out of them like uh without without stopping um but i also worked with older people in other contexts so i also gave workshops for People over sixty years old, so um I would not like to um to stop my um the purpose of theater pedagogy in any um age i think it's it can be beautiful for for anyone in any state of of their life
1: oh yeah, that is true <laughs> because the theater really makes it heals someone from the you know me, when I'm stressed, I just like to go and tell my personal stories and I get back to really, I mean, this is the reason why I I, I am part of this podcast because I like sharing my personal stories, telling stories, experiences. Yeah. <laughs> so um, for the listeners who are just joining us in this episode, please listen to the previous episode with Katy. She talked more about Young Idea and now we are continuing with the conversation again. So uh, Katy. In your leadership of young idea, I mean, what are some of your experiences as the leader on a team, as a co-director, what are some of the experiences that you find, you know, that someone should always consider to be part of a global network and as a leader that they should always have in mind?
0: Uh, I don't like to call myself a leader. Um, I'm always trying to to get to facilitate, to get people together. And then, as soon as they go together, I like to separate the leadership and everyone who is there, um, which, by the way, worked really well in the last uh, Young Idea meeting. Um, but of course, leader means to do the boring work. So, um, we, um, we organize, for example, the fundings, um, for, for young idea meetings. Uh, my colleague Nefeli worked so much in the last month to think about, um, the accommodation, The money we need for food, um, all the organizational stuff inside the big network, the finance plan and so on. So leadership maybe means um, thinking about everything you need to do and giving um, giving, uh, propositions to the group of participants what we could do. But, of course, if anyone wants to get involved in this work of young idea, we would never say stop, um, and we would always listen to engaged people who want to be part-time leaders with us together and organize the next meetings with us.
1: Okay. Uh, I mean, then you talked about in the previous episode how the colonial aspect is really playing big part in really doing these activities that you do globally between global north global south and other you know africa asia europe and then you talked about how more of the leadership is here in europe for young idea mainly in german yeah
0: yes um so um this is a problem we have in the world, I guess. Um, it's a problem that is uh, historical, um, It has been growing historically and um, is part of the world we live in. Um, there are in- inequalities in any international network, I guess, um, between the possibilities people have to travel, between the money people can access to, um also of course other questions as education and um and uh, the simple question of visa um could can i travel am i allowed to travel to a certain country or not um, and who is actually deciding if i can do it or not so of course as people who are um who are privileged and white um, traveling is always easier than for other people. And we all, we of course feel this in our work. So we are, we, we always try to be really um, aware of this. We always try to find ways to make these, these inequalities uh, smaller, but we always get in touch with them and we always have to, react to them. So maybe I can give an example. We have um, met the last time for the Young Idea Meeting took place in Iceland, um, in Reykjavik. And um, for some people, the travel costs were lower, of course, because they were closer. And for some people, the travel costs were really high because they were coming from far away. But then also um, for the people who came from far away, uh, the the money that would cost the flight was a lot more than it would have been for me, for example. So we could not meet. And this is one of the problems we have. If we would have endless money, we could do an international meeting maybe that is a lot more um, diverse, but with the possibilities we have, we always get to this point Mm. where people cannot travel.
1: I mean, you you talked about um, when you talk, you know, colonial perspective is there so much uh, between these collaborations. Uh, You talked about visas. Do you have any personal experience as a a co-director of uh, young idea dealing and organizing these uh, exchanges.
0: Yes, we have. Um, we we actually um, had a meeting in Lomé in 2020, like in January 2020, with a group of um, people from mainly Germany and Togo, but also from um, the Netherlands, France, and Peru, and um, we. Um, at the end of our last meeting, we decided, okay, the next meeting will be organized by a group of Togolese students that is willing to um, to organize our next meeting in another country, which would be Iceland. So this was our starting point. And... Um, then we had a long process of, it was over a year, long process of trying to find ways to work together. First problem was we didn't have good internet connections to talk to each other and to plan the next meeting. Seven, second problem was the money was still coming from from Europe. Um, and um, then the group of Togolese students, got smaller and smaller also because they um they were not yet organized in an association so they didn't have a strong um background organizations behind them and then we um organized the next meeting in iceland mainly again um People from, from the older group, from people from, from Germany. And we met there and we found fundings to finance one flight from, um, Togo to, um, Iceland, which was, I think, almost 2,800 euros. Uh, 1,800 euros, and the person who was representing this whole group of um, really um, involved Togolese theater practitioners and who really was um, also representing another association over there and really was interested to come, didn't get a visum. And uh, the funny um, fact about this, even though it's not funny at all, but it was the French um, embassy who decided that the person would not get a visum. So I was asking myself, why mm-hmm. if a person from Togo wants to travel to Iceland? Why um, the hell the French <laughs> embassy is deciding whether the person is trustable or not? Mm. So, I guess there we get really fast to the question of colonialism.
1: Yeah, because um, Togo was colonized by France.
0: Um, it was actually colonized by Germany,
1: but then given out to France.
0: And then the administrations was given to France, but it's just another way, I think, to it. It's you could call it colonial.
1: That was after the German lost the First World War. Then. Britain and France took most of the territories of German and they governed them. Of course, they ended up being colonies, as the way you said. I mean, it is so interesting that the French embassy decides for someone who's going to Iceland to get a visa.
0: That was really crazy.
1: (laughs) I mean, didn't you feel really pissed about this whole idea of visas, Easier it would be for someone from France to go to Togo than someone from Togo to come to Iceland.
0: So I was really pissed. But I think the person who was um, planning to come um, had a lot more um, emotions about that. And I think it would be interesting that you, you maybe talk to him one day and invite him to the podcast to talk about this topic. Yeah, definitely. Because it was a long process, but it was not only him who was really shocked about the um, about the situation. It was actually the whole group of young idea par- participants. And there I think we we in the last meeting in Iceland, we could feel um, a really interesting and nice international solidarity in the group um everyone was waiting and then everyone um got the bad news and um everyone was emotional about it in the whole um in the whole international young idea lab group
1: and what so, was i mean what was the reasons for the denial the denial of the visa
0: there were three reasons called one reason was um, the French embassy didn't think that uh, the person could pay their um, accommodation costs and food costs in Iceland, which was not true at all, because the association in Iceland organized everything and also sent trustable papers to the um, to the embassy um, that showed and proved that. The stay was organized and paid um, oh there is um oh.
1: yeah you can't you can open the door
0: yeah can i yeah Sorry. i think it's a package
1: <laughs> hey no problem you can really open the door and then when you come back we continue
0: make sure to follow us on twitter
1: hear my true stories Our dear listeners, you can follow us on Twitter, hear my true story. You can follow us on YouTube, hear my true story. Yes, ah uh, was picking a package. Wow, nice. It's good that you got your package. So Ah, uh, my question was like, what were the reasons that were given to deny someone a visa?
0: Yes, so I maybe I um that again what I just said. So um one thing was that the person was not trusted to be able to finance their stay in Iceland by the French embassy. Um, But which was not not at all true because the Icelandic organization um, provided all the costs and also sent a proof to the embassy that the costs would would have been taken by by idea and young idea. Um, The second reason was that the French embassy didn't trust that the person would come back to Togo they said um, it's not it is possible the person would I don't know what they imagine um, on an island like Iceland but run away and don't travel back Um, and um, then I think um, another reason was they said that um, some papers were missing but this um i don't know so much about this so um they gave they gave at least two reasons that we could not um understand Uh, we already bought the flight so um the money was or parts of the money were lost and he did have a proof of everything he needed yes and um that's, it was a hard work to get um, all organized, the flights, organized the stay, organized the, the visum papers. And he was not the only person of the group that had a lot of difficulties to, to get a visum. There was also a person from China who organized, um, who had to send, I think, 28 papers or proofs for this day, so uh, a long list of proofs. Um, So that is why other people could also um, understand the situation. Mm. Um, And we actually, as a group, um, we decided to um, to include those experiences we did with the embassy and visa problems In our performance, and talk about it during the meeting. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I I mean, it is really a bit uh, the result of pre-colonialism that is really happening. That happens up to date. The new colonialism that is still happening. uh, You can't be. You can't imagine. uh, It was in two thousand. I think two thousand twelve, when I was um, having a a project in. Burkina Faso, that's in Africa. Unfortunately for me, from Uganda to travel to Burkina Faso, I needed to get the visa from the French embassy. Can you imagine that someone traveling in your continent of Africa as an African from, from Uganda going to Burkina Faso, you need to get a visa that allows you to go to Burkina Faso through the French embassy.
0: This is really crazy. This is really crazy. You st- you talked about it before, and yeah. uh, I mean, we were actually, l- yeah, laughing out of shock when you first t- talked me about this situation you yeah. had. It, it, it is quite
1: interesting that we as artists we experience this kind of uh, colonialism that is still happening. Yeah, when someone needs to travel in a continent of Africa to get a visa from a French embassy i mean if there's any person from the french embassy listening to this to this podcast or maybe there's any french person listening to this a european you really get shocked that i need to come to a country in africa from africa i get a visa in the french embassy so shocking
0: yes
1: yeah, yeah. and and annoying
0: yeah and it shows it shows us that structures are still in their colonial contexts um, in many countries.
1: And uh, isn't this also reflected in the funding, how fundings are given out to?
0: Um, Can you repeat the question?
1: I mean, like, this kind of colonialism, don't you think it plays a very big part in the funding? How countries like France would fund project that is moving from France to, to the Global South to take their cultural practice, practices there than when someone is coming from Togo, coming to maybe France.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm, I think, yes, I think there, the, the financial structures, I mean, neocolonialism is mainly working through finances, isn't it? Yeah. So I think there are many many ways you could analyze the structure of finances in connection to colonialism uh, and neocolonialism. So we could start to collect, and I think we would find 15 or 20 different ways of uh, of how this is connected to colonialism. Um, I think one, one topic is... Um, yes um if uh, German people go to to um for example to togo they get they get the funding um but actually also um German people could finance people from togo coming to germany um this i have to say it, it it's working but the money is still german so um, who is the one who decides um, how the exchange will take place for example um, who is the one who knows about all the things we need to um, we need to prove um, and how we need to work um, all the application papers if you write application paper for for a funding, of course you you have a plan um, how to uh, how the meeting will take place. and of course, with this plan you you got in your um, in your during your working time the plan you worked out, maybe also with another person, but it's all it's always the um, responsibility will always be more on the person mm-hmm. who has organized the money. So I think this is a problem for international co-work that, yeah, the money, if the money comes from one side, the, the, the people have more power also in the decision of the input and the, 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 yeah, the work they do in general.
1: So uh, that then brings me a question. How do you people in idea reflect on this colonial aspect? so that your power is not reflected as the... because i'm sure someone from togo or someone from uganda and is having a project in idea and the funding is coming from germany so really how do you believe in balancing the the status quo the status quo of the association
0: it's a good question because um it always depends on the awareness of the people who are doing it so, um, in our group of students, we always tried to um, to work on the re- reflection of the col- col- colonial um, context in context of our work or of the co- colonial. How do you call the word? Yeah, like
1: colonialism, in, uh, colonial aspect.
0: X aspects. Yeah, in our work. Um, And I think we are not finished, Um, we we still have to learn a lot. I think, you know, we are theatre makers and we are not um, professionals in the field of, I don't know, um, political, um, international politics or something like that, so uh, we, we always try to reflect and to, we, we did experiences and the experiences were not always good experiences. So we try to learn from the experiences we, we got, um, and always questioning ourselves and our work also. So I think that's the main thing we can and have to do is always questioning what we do and always trying to also find, um, um people who who are willing to discuss with us and people who are um who can give their voice um to to make it more equal so what we did was we did the first exchange in Togo we made the first experiences we of things that didn't work out and we reflected them in a publication we did Um, after the meeting in Togo. We also had many discussions among each other with the Togolese group and in the publication we have for example texts from students from Germany, texts from students from Lome um, from Togo and um, always also texts from our like uh, from our Interviews and discussions we had with each other on on those topics. Mm.
1: But but do you think you can separate politi- global politics from the global artist organization uh, collaborations?
0: No, of course not. I think you can never separate it. Um, I just wanted to say some people have maybe um, studied something or um, worked a lot in the field. Of um, international work, always thinking about, or uh, learned a lot of about the neo uh, structures. But we don't have to forget that we are um, we are artists and we are not professional in those fields, and we have to um, still have to handle them and still have to 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 learn about it. So, yeah. I think um we could be a lot better if we would um not be artists, but we are artists, and we we have to uh yeah have to have to do it besides the rest of the work we do. I don't know if i can if you, you understand what i mean
1: yeah uh, personally, I can really understand what you mean, but I don't know about the listeners, maybe <laughs> you will also understand what you mean, yeah.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I mean, theater work is always political work. That's something you cannot talk about a topic um, without having a political meaning inside of the topic. Even though you don't want to talk about politics, politics will be inside. Even if if you ignore it, it's your way of expressing it. Mm. Um, So, yeah. But um, we are not... Um, we are not uh, specialists in um, um, how do you call them? International politics, for International
1: example. politics, yeah, I, I get that. But they, 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 I understand your point very well as mm-hmm. me, myself. And so th- then that brings me to another question. You are a, a German white person. Do you think mm-hmm. it's really uh, a good thing someone to understand their white privilege and can they really use them in their in such collaboration with global to south use, and the global north
0: to use the white privilege good question i I'm, I'm not sure if you use it i mean you use it or you always use it also if you say you don't use it
1: <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> it's always there uh, I mean, what, what we can do is provide money <laughs> and try to not be the one who, um, who decides what to do with it. Maybe that would be possible, but it's really difficult because if you are responsible for something, um, it's really difficult to let it do someone else. No, I don't know, maybe I'm lost now.
1: There's no problem. And of course, you you don't need to answer that. If you can't answer it, you don't have to answer that. It was just a question.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting question to think about how to use the white privilege you have to make something possible that is um, distributing power more. So maybe if I think about it now, one of the best things would be um something that you are, are already um know about also like um sharing um sharing power in any position that you are so um for example um the co-directorships the or the yeah I mean the the idea of co-directing is always a way of sharing power even though we don't have to think that the power is shared equally um, because that's white privilege, that it's always there. Um, but if, if we can find a way to distribute um, who is taking decisions um, in a diverse group, mm. then we would maybe be possible to use the power we have. I don't know if this is a... Yeah, it's yeah. just a thought. Maybe this is another discussion yeah. I would really love to yeah. have with <laughs> many people. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I understand. This is really another discussion and another thing. But because I was doing collaborations and doing exchange programs, you can't um, not you cannot fail to meet issues like colonial power aspects, neo neo-colonialism happening. As me, as me, Otako myself, I was really given hard time during my world tours. Most of the times, getting visas, stopped at uh, airports, staying in the queue longer than anyone, because I was in a world tour where we had people from Hong Kong, Thailand, Bangladesh, India, you know, uh, then France, and I was from Uganda, and most of the times, I was the last person to leave the queue on borders, crossing Mm -hmm. borders, people could always put me aside And question me: Why am I traveling? What am I going to do there? Why am I having this visa? How how long am I planning to stay? Which is different from some from someone from France would just cross right away. Someone from Hong Kong would just cross the border quicker than someone from Uganda. So there was also balance, and I was the only black person, so it was also playing a very big role, you know. So Mm -hmm. I think with my experience, I think as when as person someone knowing the information about their privilege as white people can also be can be good in such collaborations to be informed about their the privilege and also to use your privilege for other people to use that space that supports them positively
0: mhm
1: that's what i think
0: mm-hmm. yeah good point
1: yeah so uh you, as in, you have done many collaborations and tours, yeah? That's according to the, from the conversation we had. If I want to do a tour or a collaboration, what would you advise me? As someone who wants to do such something like that, what would you advise me to do? Or for if anyone listening, for anyone listening who would like to do a tour or a collaboration, what advice would you give them to consider before doing Global North and Global South?
0: Mm, I think um find a partner it, it, any anywhere if, if you do an international collaboration, you need a strong partner uh, in another country um because you need a person that is sharing power with you and sharing decisions with you and um, maybe finding also their own finances or giving new um, perspectives to your ideas. And if you are able to find a strong partner somewhere who is carrying all the um, the program ideas and also the decisions with you, then the co-working will be a lot more easy. Um, in an international context. But this also means you have to get to know someone really well before because you need to trust each other. So um, before starting uh, a collaboration project, I think it takes a long time to find a partner that um, could, um, could be your yeah, your, your strong collaboration partner. Mm. Maybe that means, uh, traveling, getting to know people, getting to know their work, um, see what other people do and not, um, only concentrate on, on your own work. Um, it means, yeah, going somewhere before the actual meeting, um, and see what the other people do to be more open and to, to know also who is maybe able to do that work together with you.
1: Hmm. Okay, that, that's a really good advice because I've seen uh, people doing collaborations and they don't have partners in the countries they collaborate with. They find difficulties in, doing, in realizing their goals of the project.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah and sometimes I mean the the experiences I did um, I did some of them now were also that we we thought we have a partner who would who would take um, responsibility and at the end they didn't <laughs> so this also can can happen um, and this is also part of it so you always yeah it, it needs time to um, to create a strong, Collaboration between people.
1: Mm. I really get that. It, m- it means you need to have funding to mm. realize that.
0: Yeah, funding and friendship.
1: Mm. <laughs> so, uh, for our, for our, for for the audience, I would just like to ask you: Is there anything that w- you would like to talk about that we maybe have forgotten to talk about? You can mm-hmm. share with the
0: listeners. Um. I think no, I think the, the most interesting thing then would be for maybe also the other listeners to hear, to hear all the voices from the people who were part of our last meetings and to hear different perspectives because this is what we do. We uh, have diverse perspectives in our network and my perspective is only one. So um, next interesting point would be to hear more, more people
1: yeah I mean uh on our podcast I really I'm hoping to really having more people from young idea, maybe also the big idea to hear their personal stories. I mean, why are they part of such a big network? And if I can have the presidents of the big idea, maybe get the other young people from Togo, maybe from Uganda, maybe those who are coming from other parts of the world, Peru, you know, yeah, yeah. to hear their views about young idea and how it works in their country.
0: I think that's a really good idea. <laughs>
1: yeah, I look forward to that to get the contacts.
0: Yes, I we will uh, we will connect you to to all those who want to to talk about their experiences.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for that offer. Yeah, for because of time and it's really too late right now. I just want to ask you maybe to say your last words, and statements, and a call for people. While listening,
0: uh, last word. So maybe just uh, to say, um, you are always welcome to join us. Uh, contact us. Um, I think otaku will um, will put all our contacts in the podcast. And um, if you are willing to do such exchanges, um, there is always a possibility, and we um, we are really interested in. Your work and your perspectives.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. Our dear listeners, I would like to say bye for now. But it was such a wonderful podcast to have you listening up to the end of our wonderful conversation with Kati from Young Idea, also a theater pedagogic and also an artist. Yeah, we are happy that you gave us your time, and we can always continue conversing on this wonderful podcast with you. We not only have voices for a podcast, but also faces for YouTube. Don't miss your next episode. Hear my true
0: stories. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Music by Adrian Matovo, hosted and produced by Otako. Subscribe to our podcast for more stories and visit us on our website. HearMyTrueStory.com for more stories. All the links are listed in the show notes of this podcast.